Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Bird Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Steber and I play Astra Blatt. Buffet-yaddled half-elf oracle who is exactly who she says she is. And I'm joined by... Andrew Hansen, playing Johnny Brightchild, a hot and sunny Ifrit Resort Spa paladin, eager to help and flex. Caitlin Stadahar, playing Patty Hertz, a rat-folk ranger dandy with a nose for gossip and cheese. Paul Uckemeyer, playing Zelf, an elven battle chef carving a name for himself in the high-stakes world of magical cooking. And we're, of course, led today and for the rest of all time by our illustrious GM and world builder, Justin Green. Justin, how you doing? I'm doing great. I am excited that today we're going to try a new thing where we're having all of our voices lowered. <laughs> we're going to be about 50% deeper this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, We'd right. like to get feedback yeah. on that. Better for the <laughs> listening public. Johnny Brightshot. I was wanting 70%, but we're going to try 50%. First. Is that because the campaign is so much darker and more serious all of a sudden and the stakes are so much higher? <laughs> and we wanted that reflected in our voices. Dark. Bubble ball. Dark. Dark. Yeah. It's also 20% slower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that way we can record less and have the same episode. <laughs> yeah, we're oh, finally no. working smarter. <laughs> yeah, shrinkflation has come to BCB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Zelf, what the hell? Jackie, what the hell? Can anyone else see the Elaflute here, too? I can't tell if it is actually here. That's gumball. That's the dessert. <laughs> oh, I see. We're going to eat the Elaflute for dessert? Patty, how do you feel? Oh, man. That was wild, guys. But oh, all I know is I need a drink. Where's that wine? Oh, here's the bottle. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good Riesling with the, the trout. Ooh. It was, wasn't it? Oh, I don't care what it is. Let me tell you, the goblins, what they drank is a fermented combination of disenchanter milk and local berries. It's revolting. It's horrific. Oh, I'll take one of those, too. No, you won't. Sounds like it would really confuse your guts. Johnny, how do you feel? Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> yeah, well, you were sick, sweetie. Can you tell us what just came over you? What? Huh? Ha. <laughs> I thought I just ate the dessert and then I threw up. 
Johnny, you had some stones that I guess you took from Madame Algavia that you weren't supposed to take. And you did something to poor Patty. The Firestones? Yeah. The Firestones. Oh, no wonder they jumped out at you. I mean, yeah, they're Firestones, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I thought they'd be important. I didn't think you kept them. Do you have any more of them? Like, Johnny opens his pouch and, like, looks in. Just the Mem Mud, uh, this pearl. See. But I know what that is. And then, like, these two potions from Tetra. Huh. Tetra. Tetra's chill. It's a friend of Gihai's. Oh, hold on. What? I'm getting a memory. Johnny told us about his trip to Olvidel 70 years ago. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, he tells us so many trip stories. No, but like that one did have Tetra. Yeah. Well, hold on. We should probably start at the beginning, hadn't we? Oh, I get the feeling we have a lot of things to exchange with each other, don't we? Like condolences? What do you mean? Insults? No, I mean information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. That we do have a lot of. Manny, would you and Small go somewhere where you'll be safe? Go go look after Gumball. That's right. Manny, take Small, find him a clean bath, make sure he doesn't run away. And Small, don't run away. You will die. <laughs> Both of them have been watching all of these events shocked <laughs> oh, no. silently in the corner, not sure what to do or say if they should intervene. Confused about every word coming out of your mouth, uh, and they both like nod <laughs> silently and and go into the kitchen. They're soft. Those boys are soft, Zell. <laughs> you know, Small is really funny. I get the feeling he's going to have a grudge. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Our back and forth, you know. Yeah, I mean that's the blep way. We're we're grudge holders for sure. My, not my parents as so much. Actually, it's kind of weird that I don't know where we get the grudges from. I don't know. He's got a kind of a stubborn streak. So Olgavia was a horrible monster. She had a bunch of people trapped in her basement. She knows about the time loops, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Zelf. I mean, she's just horrible. She was so horrible, wasn't she, Patty? No sense of taste. No chill. Ugh. No chill. Good cakes. No chill. You would have loved the spread, Zelf. Oh, the spread. Hmm. But um, yeah, she it knows about the time loops. She is working for the ministry. She's working for the ministry. Yeah. What does she sound like? <laughs> kind of like that. I mean, yeah, that's not far from what she sounds like. Yeah. <clears throat> Paul, from that, you, you know that that is the one who was always mean to you. <laughs> the one that was very rude. <laughs> Zelf lifts his index finger and says, no, that makes sense. I think I've met Ogavia. And she did remind me about the Great Mjolnir Bake Off. Oh, I mean, of course she would. Of course she would, Zelf. She's just the worst. Anyway, we beat her up. Uh, and she also said, oh, gosh, she said something really interesting, Zelf, something that I'm really hoping you can shed more light on. She said... That you helped them destroy Hibdol's meteor, the thing that connected his magic to this plane, and that that's why Hibdol's believers don't have magic anymore. Does that sound familiar, Zelf? I see. It's time to talk about the ministry. Oh, it's time to talk about so much, Zelf. So much. So, Paul, we're here today recording this just the two of us because yeah. you had a very intriguing idea uh that oh. self would secretly reach out to the ministry <laughs> do you want to kind of explain 
Uh, just explain the idea behind what Zelf is thinking. So they found this journal. They had a lot of questions about it. The answers they got were mixed. Pavel clearly has a few screws loose, and the journal itself had some inconsistencies. And a lot of the events surrounding it were mysterious and dangerous. And when Zelf found out that there were other people who were more deeply entrenched in the loops already, he thought, this is great. Why don't we have some kind of a knowledge sharing? Uh, but he also knew that the ministry wanted to stamp out any inconsistencies. So he didn't want to present himself as a variable that would be easy for them to just snip and then they could keep going. So he wants to contact them while also presenting them with something that he thinks they might value so that they can start a dialogue. What's the thought behind not including the others? It's not that Zelf doesn't want to include them. This is just his process of putting feelers out on his own initiative. And then if he gets any bites on any of his lines, then he might bring people in as needed. In his mind, it's no different than the other research that he does on the side. And then if something is noteworthy, he might bring in one of the party members. So also, you, you had mentioned before to me, Paul, that you had a theory <laughs> who one member of the ministry was. Yeah, well, one of my thoughts is that somebody closely involved with the demigods might be connected to the ministry. Just, you know, it, it seems likely. So Zelf is dealing with likelihoods. And so he's thinking, who seems like they are around and getting involved in the flow of events, but not necessarily directly involved. So he's thinking about people at Shadow End. He's thinking about, you know, their teachers and commanders. Uh, he's thinking about people that appear mysteriously and seem to be guiding things. And Orem is definitely on that list. Awesome. And he also isn't asking Johnny because he feels like anything Johnny tells him is unreliable at best. <laughs> so he, he wants to see where he can get what? on his own and then maybe get some corroborating details. He, he feels like he can't exactly trust any of them, <laughs> but he hasn't decided yet if they're dangerous to him. So he's kind of leaving that as an open question. Cool. So starting on six days elf, which was the day that you unredacted the journal, yeah. you are able to begin publicly seeking out the ministry, similar to how you know that Giha did in the journal. You know that she just went around uh, basically making it known to people around Berwyn that she was interested in the ministry. Uh, she was looking for them. She wanted to know more. Um, that's something that you could potentially duplicate. Because as soon as they found out that she was looking for them, they they showed up. Great. Zelf has been trying to be kind of careful, you know, even if it didn't seem like it. But he's at a turning point where he thinks, okay, to get more information, he's got to shake some trees. He feels like he needs to make some more reckless decisions, assuming that there is a time loop. Because if things just go the way they're going, then it's unlikely he's going to learn anything really critical to the situation. So he is going to start taking some more risks. And one of those is putting the word out to the ministry. Zelf, on two-day morning in the afternoon, while you're gathering uh, some last-minute information about potential suspects, that's during that time when you're mailing out your invitations to the Marth by Marth event. Oh, yeah. An acquaintance of yours in the Hunter's Guild waves you down. And he tells you that a letter arrived for you at the Guild Hall that morning. 
and he hands it over to you. All right. Well, Zelf will chit-chat for a second. He likes the guys on the Hunter's Guild. <laughs> you know, it's one of his rare places where he feels some kind of camaraderie. But uh, after he does, he says some kind of glib joke to the guy. <laughs> and then they're laughing, and he takes the letter, waves, and then finds a quiet corner to open it up. Inside of this letter, you find a single sentence is written. Uh, it says, our time to meet is fleeting. And then with it is an address, uh, a location on the edge of Garnish Town, which you recognize as the old Milnor Fishing Company, which shut down like over a year ago now due to river pollution. And this building has been sitting unused ever since. Uh, Zelf is delighted to scope the place out. You head over to Garnish Town. By the river is a large warehouse. All of like the windows have been boarded up, but you find that one of the doors originally padlocked uh, is slightly open, uh, allowing you entrance. Well, you can never be too careful, but for some reason I never seem to know what the right thing is to do to be careful. <laughs> so uh, Zelf will just keep his eyes and ears open. So the warehouse is freezing inside. All of the equipment in here has been abandoned and it's like fallen into like disrepair. But you still smell like the very strong scent of fish uh, lingers <laughs> years later. Only a couple slivers of sunlight make it through like the shuttered windows. But it's enough to see that you are not alone in this room. There are four individuals that are waiting for you. Each of them wears a blue leather uniform that is identical to the others. This uniform covers the entire body. So, like, there's no visible skin or features. There's a hooded helmet that completely obscures their head. And on their lapel is a gold ten-pointed star that's made of, like, crisscrossing lines. The only differentiating feature amongst this group is that one of them is carrying a crystal-shafted sword, which is unlike anything that you've seen before. (laughs) It has almost like an otherworldly presence, and it's, like, picking up and reflecting even the barest of light that is available in this room. The one with the sword speaks to you. He says, we hear that you've been looking for us. <laughs> uh, is there any way that Zelf can use his <laughs> uh, his identification power to tell what uh, race and weak points and special abilities each of the four of them have? <laughs> uh, I will let you make a perception check to see if there's anything familiar about them. But other than the fact that they are all humanoid, torso, two arms, two legs, head, there's not any way to tell much else. Is this being somehow disguising their voice? No. Okay. This voice, I would say, is an elderly male. Elderly male. Interesting. Uh, I did roll almost as well as I could. My total is a 33. Great. I will let that kind of continue through this conversation. You do not feel that this older man who has the sword... Uh, is somebody that you have spoken to before. That's fine. Well, Zelf is wary, but he'll give a polite bow in Mjolnir fashion, and he'll say, I didn't expect to get a reply this quickly. The pleasure is all mine. A second individual speaks. This person has like a warm, patient voice, and they say to you, as you've been looking for us, the demigod of Ebnir, Bishad looks for you. You did a noble thing at the ley line self. Uh, eating arcane energy in that way is a lost art, an untrained, incredibly dangerous. But unfortunately, you've painted a metaphorical target on your back. Well, Sol shakes his head and says, at the time, I didn't feel like I had a choice. 
and as far as having a target on my back, I get the feeling I have a few, and I'm just curious who's holding the bow. The man with the sword says, if you think that we are your enemies, you're incorrect. We wish you no harm, Zelf. Oh, that's a relief. What I'm thinking, though, is that whether we're enemies or not, I'd be interested in becoming better friends. A third individual speaks, and she's quite combative. She (laughs) says, membership into the ministry isn't just handed out to anyone. You'll have to prove not only that you have something to offer us, but also that you're loyal to the singular cause of ending the time loops. Big fan of the Bake Off, by the way. I'm sure you'll kill it this year. I mean, I've seen this year a couple hundred times now at this point, and you don't, but maybe this time it'll be different. (laughs) The older gentleman will say to you, he'll say, if you know of our existence, then you must know of our mission. I know some things. I know you're trying to end the time loops. I know you're trying to do it by disposing of the demigods. That's true. Are you asking me to commit to the mission of ending the time loops? Or are you asking me to commit to your means as well as your goal? We're not evil people. If bloodshed can be avoided, that's the path that we'll always choose. The events in Fainalin are awful, but up until this point, necessary to draw Bishad out of the deep ocean and activate the runestone. That's what I'm so interested in. Everything you know that has painted that particular picture for you. The fourth person who hasn't spoke yet comes up to you and they say, One thing that we can tell you is that the time loop will reset itself back to Idias first naturally after nearly a year passes. This occurs every Gavilus the 21st. However, there is one known action which will trigger it early, and that is destroying one of the Pantheon's artifacts. Like a failsafe, the time loop will act to protect the demigods. You recognize this voice as Headmistress Nerixena of Fainalin Academy, oh. who disappeared oh. on you. <laughs> All right. Zelf's eyes light up when he hears the voice. What we want you to do will be time-consuming. And as ironic as it sounds, time is very limited for us. Hmm. We could teach you the ritual that enchants the journal and all that we would ask is that you help us cast it when and where we need it to be cast and if you do that you'll be one of us it certainly sounds like you're offering everything i was already trying to get for myself is there any catch the catch is that it's very easy to volunteer yourself in the service of killing an evil creature like bishad a sea monster with no redeeming values that has massacred countless innocent people. Not all of what we must do will be so palatable. Self will start by walking over to one of the fish preparation tables, take off his pack, take out some ingredients, some cutlery, start preparing a food magic spell. I want to know why you think destroying the demigods is the only way to end this loop. And if it takes building our trust in both directions, for me to learn that, I have no problem with that. All friendships have to start with small concessions. Here, let's start with this. The Ministry were the ones who architected the Ley Lion eruption in Fainalan. They did it so that Ebnir's power could draw his demigod. Hmm. Whoa. And I considered... 
that if the artifacts were destroyed in one loop, then they would no longer have to commit mass murder and phanolin in future loops. It seemed like <sighs> reducing the artifact count one by one was a lesser evil. What? But I didn't realize that all of Hibdal's magic would leave the world. Uh, consequences. See, this is what we were talking about, you know? Uh, it's worth noting part of the deal that Zelf made with the Ministry to earn their trust is that he used his fucked up leyline magic cooking to make a bunch of magic meals for the ministry. Uh, they have a room like Glorahan's, but multiple. They have places where they can store stuff. Ogavias. That's why you found his soup there. And they're oh, using that okay. in place of opening the ley line. So Zelf has successfully avoided having to open the ley line. It didn't open because they have what they need to draw in the demigod of Ebnir without doing that because they have a bunch of food that he made that has the ley line magic. I mean, that is a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one thing. <laughs> that is a win. His plan has has succeeded in that way. All right. That's important. That's a good plan. I mean, that was a good... Paul, it was good. <laughs> he did a good job. I'm sorry, Astrid. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. For it. She's got her own chips on her shoulders. <laughs> well, it was a risky gamble. I made them an offer, and they made me a counter offer. They said, we think... There might be a different way to use the ritual. Hmm. So I worked with Nerixena, who wasn't dead. <laughs> Good. Kind of. Maybe. I learned the ritual and I helped them cast it on the meteor. At the time, what I thought was the demigod power from the meteor existed throughout loops, which meant that Bavel was getting more and more sick with radiation poisoning every time. I mean, he was, mm. yeah. But if we could break the meteor, then he could be returned. Mm. And maybe if that worked, then there was a way to destroy other artifacts to remove the demigod influence on others. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It's not cool, Johnny. What? Zelf, we were just having a conversation about good and evil actions and good and evil consequences. Do you think teaching the ministry or enabling the ministry to destroy things between loops was a good or bad action with good or bad consequences? You know, it's funny. So many things in life aren't really a binary. What? <laughs> that wasn't a binary. It was a quadinary. There were four options. <laughs> Astra, the ministry was going to figure this out sooner or later. I just happened to show up when they were already moving in that direction. Ah, so you think helping somebody do evil sooner and faster and better is kind of a neutral action? What's good for us is that we got our foot in the door. Mm. Well, Ogavia threatened to erase Tetra, not kill Tetra. But erase Tetra from all timelines because of this spell that you have helped them perfect. And by the way, that could be applied to any of us that the Ministry deems no longer useful moving forward. The ritual isn't exactly easy to cast. You need time and resources and enough people involved to cast it without failure. But it is possible if somebody gets into the Ministry's hands. I mean, we just... Self <laughs> 
We had a perfect setup. The time loops let us experience all of the consequences of the horrible, worst things that we could think to do and wipe the slate clean every time. We could always find the perfect way forward. But by introducing this, you've destroyed all of that. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) But now, nothing. No, not anymore. The whole loop, the structural integrity of it is so messed up now. And anything we do has the potential to be permanent again. (laughs) Nice. I mean, that means the loop's ended though, right? Like that's... No, Johnny. Well, I'll explain it to you later. Okay. (laughs) Lie down. I'll get you some crackers to chew on. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, Aster, I won't quibble. Hmm. He's quibbling. He's quibbling right now. Saying that is quibbling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead, I'll just say my bad. Damn, 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 Paul, damn, Paul, Paul, damn. Astra, if there's anyone sympathetic to the lost possibility of trying anything we want and then getting off scot free, it's me. Thinking of all the meals that have gone to waste. <laughs> yeah, think of all the f- dinner parties we fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> Including this one. <laughs> I'll still be haunted that I've never eaten kale. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you haven't eaten kale? That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. No, Johnny, you're good to highlight that. That is good. So... I think what their plan is now is going to be isolating the artifacts and deciding which order they're going to take and destroying them. Uh. You do know that they can do one per loop because it still triggers the time loop. Right. Uh, when they destroy one, it's just then permanent. Uh, you also know that they don't really have an interest in casting the ritual on themselves. They prefer the sleeper agent type of thing. Mm. Right. As they should. Well, Zelf is chewing on his thumb. He's got his... Other hand on his elbow, and he says, The problem is, I don't know who they are. They could be anyone. Sleeper agents in the highest positions of power in all the triad nations. The headmistress of the Fainalin Academy. The leader of the Sirocco. What? Even your closest mm. roommate, Astra says, looking at <laughs> oh. three other people in Astra, the room. Astra, you flatter me. Whoa. <laughs> what? I don't know what mechanism is used to awaken the sleeper agents, and I don't know who the prime minister is or how he got the crystal sword. (sighs) He has the crystal sword? He does, Johnny. Damn. I don't know if the crystal sword itself has been duplicated a la Abraham and Neven, or if he has duplicated (laughs) the keys and he starts each loop by going and unlocking it. I think either is plausible. At the end of the last loop, Molni was showing me where it was, and he was pretty certain it was there, but then, like, you know, fade to blue. Um, that's something I'd like to investigate. One of my highest priorities is investigating the identity and the true goals of the prime minister. He sounds very nefarious. Yeah, what makes him prime, you know? Is that like the cut that he is? Like, is he yeah. <laughs> like a prime steak? <laughs> like a prime steak. <laughs> Furthermore, if we want the ability to control the loops, we have to have a way to destroy the artifacts. That's our one ticket to a reset. God, there's so much we need. I would love to have our own little secret room, you know, where we can put stuff. <laughs> Think about how much loot we can acquire. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well, the ritual isn't easy to cast. I mean, the most important thing is we need some external way to make sure we remember what is happening. That's true. Because we can't count on Bavel and we can't count on this journal. We need a room that's not under the control of the ministry. I do have an apartment that we could potentially turn into a safe time loop <laughs> haven. So you want the time room to be under your control, Astra? Oh, I'm sorry. Should we turn this goblin camp into a time we loop? absolutely should not turn okay. the goblin village into a time haven. <laughs> under no circumstances. Yeah, I don't think the goblins are equipped to handle this. <laughs> it burns down so easy. <laughs> Are we going to turn Patty's yacht into a time loop domain? I don't, I don't know. The yacht is not um, technically fully paid off, and <laughs> you know we should probably not damage it in the meantime. <laughs> it's repossessed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, of our level twenty equipment. We have to spend a time loop heisting. <laughs> yeah, you paid all the interest off in this loop, but uh, what about all the other infinite uh, possibilities? And you paid off the mortgages there. Ah, uh, tax man. Yeah, there's one tax guy who knows about the time loop and is taxing everybody based on time loop. <laughs> it's impossible. What a concept. <laughs> I remember how difficult it is to cast, so I think I have an idea of how many people I'd need and exactly how trained up they'd need to be on it, but it will take time to get there. Are we going to run into an Abraham Neven situation if we make a room and then put ourselves in that room? Oh, I don't know. I could get twice as much done with two of me. Uh, I could not deal with two Zelfs. I'm so sorry, Zelf. No. No. <laughs> well, that's all right. I think the optimal situation is that we'd flip a coin and one of us would wear a mask and take on an alter ego. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, you worked so hard to not have a conversation between Tetra and Zelf. How are you going to do it when you have to have a Zelf and Zelf conversation? That's going to be bad, oh, Paul. Man. I'll find a way. Oh, Lord. Oh, so everyone, I love the new relationships that we've been building with one another. I love that we're starting from a place of transparency and honesty. And, you know, I think it's going to be really important going forward that that everyone is fully informed about everything that everyone knows about the time loops. Right? <laughs> right. That's important, right? Yeah, yeah Patty. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I happened to witness something very interesting, um, and it has to do with the planet, the world that we live in, a beautiful place, and it was not so beautiful. It was not so beautiful what I saw. I mean, it was kind of beautiful in the end, um, but at the <laughs> beginning, though, it was it was not great, and it was not great because... Um, the planet kind of imploded on itself Wh and was destroyed. Whoa. Um. It is just uh, me and Caitlin and Andrew here Ooh, for this recording. Secret yes. night. Secret night. Just for the demigods in the group. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Take that, normies. Okay, so. One of the things that you would both know that's very important to the plot. Ooh, <laughs> I'm putting a star by it. <laughs> How do I want to say this? So the time loop, you guys still don't know 
how it came about, who's responsible, that type of thing. What you do understand is that the time loop is repeating the last full year that Eurosol existed. Mm. Eurosol is gone. The, the planet's destroyed. The planet is, is in chunks. It's the asteroid belt Ooh. is all that remains of the actual planet. The, the planet's gone. And so this time loop, this bubble is just replaying the last year of this over and over again, presumably to try to get a different result than that end. Heavy. <laughs> and it wasn't like an act of aggression that like destroyed the planet. It wasn't like that type of thing. It just sort of died. And so Johnny and Oz was seeking like a Zitrix apocalypse scenario uh, instead of just like the natural order of things, right? So how much, if any, of this whole situation does current Patty remember or know? Uh, current Patty is like Johnny Brightchild, reset to nothing. Got it. But like Johnny and Aj, if Patty were to ascend again, she'd get back all of that in between like he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Oh, I love having secrets. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's a thing that happens. Patty, is the planet going to be destroyed? Over and over again? Whoa. And then permanently, if the Ministry succeeds in their plan to destroy all of the artifacts? Yeah. Oh. I'm too high for this. Yeah, it's not great. Hallucinogen, panna cotta or not, it's not great news, guys. Irasol is destroyed and the Ministry wants to end the loops? Does the Ministry know? I don't know what the ministry knows. The prime minister controls everything. I think we have to operate under the assumption that they don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that, but they're the experts, and I'm just Patty Hertz, and I certainly know. Well, then every artifact that gets destroyed is a ticker <laughs> counting us toward extinction. Self, please. Where is that Chardonnay? Oh, is that what you should have when you're like feeling sick? Should I drink wine? No. Oh no, you should have some seltzer water. Okay. So yeah, sorry it's a little grim for dinner conversation, but I thought it was important to mention. Uh... No, that's perfect, Patty. Now we know exactly what the stakes are. I mean, high, <laughs> to say the least. I'm not high enough for this. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> you and me both, girl. So we're... We're all fated to die. This whole planet is fated to die. If that were true, then these time loops wouldn't exist. These time loops are, are, are against fate, Zelf. Fate is a plaything of the gods, Astra, and the gods are still with us. For now. As long as the gods are trying to find a way not to die. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I don't want them to die either. I mean, I guess this means that... <laughs> Anything we do is good because anything we do is going to alter the inevitable fate of this planet, which is to implode and kill all of us and everyone we know and care about and everyone we hate and everyone we don't know on this planet. So from that perspective, this is great news. 
<laughs> you, she, you can tell Astra does not believe this. <laughs> <laughs> Self is already deep in thought. I need to lie down. <laughs> but, so, like, both sides are probably, like, working towards the same end, right? Like, the gods are trying to stop the loops, too. I don't know what the gods want, Johnny. That I can't follow you to that place. Wait, you're an oracle, right? Like, Astra... <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. But you don't serve any gods. I've heard you say that before. No gods, no masters. It's like a saying. Right, Patty? It's like a saying. It is a saying. Cut the crap. I'm going to tell you what you get when you subscribe to our Patreon. You get ad-free episodes. You get bi-weekly audio drops where we ask each other in-character questions. These range from, would you be friends if you had met under different circumstances? And what do you want your funeral to be like? To, which would you prefer to give up, bread or cheese? You get behind-the-scenes content, like the stats block for the Windfall Guardian and Justin's incredible art of Paul's insane Zoblin chef tattoos. You get access to the Discord, which in addition to being a cool place to hang out, is a great place to talk to other fans, ask questions, see or post fan art, and admire everybody's adorable pet pictures. You also get access to the backlog of one-shot side stories set in the same universe, which we may or may not be adding to soon. All of that, and you support the making of this show for only $5 a month at patreon.com slash bcbparty. And if that's out of reach, don't forget you can always support the show by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving reviews on your podcast app. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Patty, I'm interested in learning more about how you know what you know about the demise of Irasol. Are you Hibdal's demigod? I mean, I'm going to be real honest with you, Zelf. I'm not a theologian. I'm not an expert on demigods and time loops. But all I can tell you is that I experienced something incredible, and I don't understand it. I was taken to another place, another time. Everyone had four arms. Everyone had great <laughs> vibes. It kind of reminded me of Rattaritaville, actually. No pants and four no arms. No pants, sunshine. But, I mean, it was chaotic, but also beautiful. And I understand it in my heart, but not in my brain. I see. I mean, how would we know? How would we know if Patty were some sort of demigod? It's an excellent question. Yeah, I don't know how to test for demigodhood. I mean, should I try to rain down the heavens upon us? Ah! No, 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 Patty! Nothing's happening! Nothing's happening! Like, I think Patty will know, like, right? Like, that's how I feel. Like, she might be a demigod, but she's, like, not there yet. You think she's a demi-demigod? I hope you are a demigod. That'd be cool. I mean, I think it would be pretty cool. I think it's a little scary, but it's also very cool. Yeah. Like, one of Molni's powers, like, has to do with, like, fate. And so, like, that's why I have the good luck high five. Like, what powers would you have? Oh, you're telling me I could get stuff? Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, think about the other demigods. Not only do they have great power, but they're also immortal. And hot. I mean, Astra, if you really want me to try again, I can. No, 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 uh-oh. What? Why would you say that? Wait. What? I would never. Imagining Patty having demigod powers makes me think that she'd make a great schnitzel. Wait, uh. Zelf, are you saying you're going to turn me into a schnitzel or are you saying I'm going to prepare a schnitzel? No, because no, no. I don't really want to do either. No, no, no. I'm just thinking out loud about the demigods. You know, I've spent a lot of time reading lately about the idea of transferring demigod magic. Through meals, which is, of course, my forte. One of them's a fish. <laughs> Self, I still feel like you're talking about eating me, but I mean, I guess that's that's your prerogative. Yeah, no, that's, I can't, 
<laughs> you don't have to take that, Patty. I don't know what's happening here. You don't have to stand for that. I could be a demigod. <laughs> I could smite you if I only knew how. Not that I would. No. No, Patty would never. To her enemies? No. <laughs> to people who've wronged her? No. Never. Never. I'm forgiving and kind. Does Mjolnir have like a demigod? No. If we did, it would be the blood god. Lunas is very popular in Mjolnir. If they did, they'd have already eaten him. <laughs> Blood sausage. Maybe we should find its demigod and they could, like, confirm? Ooh, okay. The important knowledge here is extra loop knowledge. And the ones who have proven to have that thus far are the members of the ministry and the demigods. Mm. I wonder if Molny knew and just decided that it was privileged information. Well, usually you'd think it's the first thing you'd tell you, Johnny. I mean, like, he seemed pretty surprised that, like, it could be happening. You know, like, he was like, mm. oh, no way, Johnny. Like, the sword is totally <laughs> still there. Let me go show you, bro. And then, like, you know, we had, like, some cool adventures. But, like, you know, like, we never, like, made it to, like, you know, the actual place. But, like, he seemed pretty certain that, like, everything was fine. Maybe different gods have different perspective. Oh, that could be. Uh, Justin, can I make a knowledge religion check to see which... Uh, God has a domain relating to time and creation, maybe? I would say that you would know. I won't make you roll for it, Johnny. It would be Iris, the planet's namesake, who is the goddess of beginnings, goddess of creation. The one that doesn't have a demigod that Aridas thought he was going to become the demigod of with the crowd, right? Yes, Eventually, a demigod was called uh, Spira, who is believed to be like a saint by some people. Mm, right. She died uh, at the hands of the god killer weapon. So there's an opening. There is an <laughs> opening. Can you tell me more about Spira dying at the hand? Or can I roll about Spira being killed? Yeah. So this is something that Johnny would just know. But Johnny, if you would like to make a will save to see if you also remember anything, because you were also present, theoretically, (laughs) when it happened. Oh, boy. Is this something he can use, that Tetris sniff, to get a bonus on? Ooh, yes. There are only so many of those, though, if this is important enough. Yeah, I want to use that sniff. Feels pretty important. A bottled Tetra. Bottled Tetra. Oh, wow, a plus 10 to remember something? Ooh, Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Using that. <laughs> damn. Fucking awesome, Tetra. You, you've been told multiple times by other people who were at the Battle of the Gods and with you what had happened. You know that uh, Spira had led uh, an army that included yourself and Molni and Orem, among others, into the, the orc continent. And mm. Molni had come in with the god killer weapon, but during the battle, he lost control of it, fighting the, the orcs. And it was used against two of the demigods. One of them was Spira, the demigod of Eris, uh, who was killed, slain during the battle. The other was on the Ternio, the three-headed pug. Oh. And... This broke the divine wild shape that merged 
the three gnomes together to make the Ternio. And the only one that survived was Gamwear. And Gamwear has told you multiple times that it was thanks to you that you were able to to save him, though you couldn't save the other two. My favorite part is Justin just in his, like, deep lore (laughs) voice seriously (laughs) telling us about the three-headed pug. (laughs) He was he was part of a demigod that was three gnomes in a trench coat, and that trench coat formed a pug. Uh, so, Johnny, those are those are all things that you've been told, and the Battle of Vidogzin is is something that is kind of a sore spot for you in more ways than one. That's where you got your scar. Yeah, that is Ooh. where your memory issues kind of yeah. grow out of. And so you ultimately rolled a 27. I, that's not enough to unlock the full memory as this is yeah. uh, a pretty big deal. Yeah. But you do get a, a flash, like trying to remember, you know, people had told you that you had seen Spira before and, and that you were there. And you do actually see them and you see a flash of a memory in these like kind of volcanic caves underground on the Goldor, the, the orc continent. Everything's kind of like red hot, even for you, uh, an Ifrit, it's sweltering. (laughs) You see in front of you a white phoenix. Impaled in its chest is the crystal sword. And it is bleeding blue blood that stands in stark contrast Hmm. to this environment. (laughs) And it is, you can tell, the same liquid. (laughs) Yeah. That the time spiders are made out of. Oh, shit. What the fuck? As you're sitting there seeing this, it kind of overlaps with the first day that you arrived at Fort Advent in Shadowwind. This memory, staring at the white phoenix statue there, seeing that on fire, you see... Saint Sphera kind of enveloped in fire herself and and disappear into smoke. Oh my Whoa. goodness. What does that mean? Oh. What does it mean? Is is Johnny relating this? His eyes are. Uh I don't well, know. <laughs> 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 what about his lips? <laughs> 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 Just put a projector screen across from him. Yeah, uh, Johnny definitely relates all of that. Um, and then, like, he, he really drifts off thinking about the White Phoenix at Shadows End. Mm. Just sort of, like, the familiarity he had with it uh, in the last loop. And definitely all of his memory loss kind of, sp- like, you know, splinters out from here. There's there's a lot of things that, like, he he's really thinking hard about it, but it's also, like, sore. Like, he's probably going to start yeah. overworking yeah, he could hurt himself. E- easily. Genuinely <laughs> could, yes. Uh, and he's like, that's really powerful stuff. Wow. Oh, wow. It's just like kind of like wincing, like he inhaled like some smelling salts or something like that. <laughs> that's just the tetra. <laughs> uh, well, Johnny? Um, That's bad. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I just, I honestly don't know anymore. I'm not like good at like god stuff so like i don't really know what all of that means but like i think i think it's really bad that like the demigod that has to do with time was killed yeah <laughs> like, i think that's bad news like you don't give yourself enough credit johnny i feel like you've got a good grip on the situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's certainly a fitting symbol for the destruction and rebirth of the planet itself isn't it the white phoenix 
Whoa. Mm-hmm. And like Shadow End, like being like this like unity. Because yeah. that's the symbol of Shadow End, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, right. Or wait, wait, was it a swan? Because it was well, white. I'm... It was a long necked white bird. <laughs> oh, it was a cave phoenix. <laughs> it was a cave, cave phoenix. phoenix. Okay, that's, that's right. That's why it was white. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Is Giha still available as a resource? We could ask about some of this planet stuff. We could ask about these focuses. It just seems like it would be crazy not to tie off those loose ends. And she's so close. She's just down the street. She's at the circus here? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Justin, is this the same night of the dinner party, or is this like the next morning? What is what is the scene? Are we headed to Fainalyn? I need some grounding. Mm. Uh, so I would say it's probably in your best interest, uh, cause after the fight with Ogavia, I know some of you got hit kind of hard to have a, a long rest before you rest, go yeah. on. You're in a okay. place that you're safe at the gourmet goblin village. Uh, so couldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love a, love a rest. We can, this can be over breakfast. Okay. <laughs> breakfast porridge. Breakfast is a pancake breakfast. Oh, Ooh. I love that. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but during the attack by the time spiders in Rebuel's palace, I flashed back to a time when the chairman told us to cook a perfect pancake. And I think that my pancake was as close to perfection as I could have made at the time, but it's an interesting (laughs) digression that I won't get into now what the nature of cooking perfection is. Obviously, it's not a fixed state. It's dynamic. It depends on a lot of context. Wow. Hmm. Sounds like a cop-out. Sounds like the beginning of a list of cop-outs. Whoa. Yes, perhaps to the uninitiated. Whoa. Uh, well, that is me. You got me there, Zelf. I don't know anything about pancakes except how to eat them. These pancakes, to me, they represent the nature of time. They're flat and they're round. Each pancake I make is like I'm thinking through a loop and finding answers to all of these questions. So I'm going to be making probably a lot of pancakes. And I'll keep making pancakes as close to perfect as I know how. And you can tell me how close you think I've gotten. Yeah, and you always burn the first pancake, which feels like an an apt metaphor for our first time loop together. (laughs) Pancakeomancy. Yeah. And we've already burnt this one a little bit too, but not so bad yet. <laughs> it's a little overdone, but that's okay. Gotta get the griddle of time just right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Check the moisture, the altitude. Patty, is there anything you want to do in this time loop that we haven't already touched upon? I mean, stay away from my parents and those freaking dating show guys. But but no, I wanna I wanna explain. <laughs> my understanding of the world i want to i want to know everything my, all these experiences that i've had have made me realize that there's something out there bigger than myself there's universes and multiple universes and it's amazing yeah and like people need help right pancakes within pancakes pancakes on whoa. pancakes there's a whole stack of pancakes yeah whoa yeah a pancake and a pancake is just one pancake what 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 if you put like apple cinnamon <laughs> In a pancake, then that's like a filled pancake. But I think a pancake in a pancake is just pancakes. <laughs> what? Oh. Right? Self, tell her she's wrong. <laughs> a sagacious argument. Yeah. I mean, it's like onions. Like how when you cut in an onion, it's it's onions all the way down. That's true. It's all one onion. Maybe it's like 
it's an infinite pancake because you just keep pouring mm-hmm. batter into the middle and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> mm. I've read treatises and tomes about the danger of infinite circles. Of the infinite pancake. <laughs> the infinite pancake. Uh, well, we'll start with this pancake and then expand outward. Luckily, there's only so much we can eat. Oh, what am I going to do with the goblins? Well, just send them into the forest and the forest will take care of them. <laughs> clean, but maybe not very responsible. No, probably not. Poor Zelf has the responsibility of a whole goblin village now. <laughs> Parrot two goblins. <laughs> Patty, what do I do with a tribe of goblins who have poor impulse control and who aren't evil but have spent generations worshipping an evil god? I mean... I think they need a new leader that's not you. I think you're right. <gasps> Patty. <laughs> Patty. 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 <laughs> no, no. I would be honored to lead the goblins, but I mean, I'm going to run in the same issue that you are. I have things to do. I need to be out and about. I mean, it's just not yeah. feasible. I think they need one of their own. Oh, but it's not like any of them have an individual name or personality separate from the rest of the group, right? I mean, I think that Tapas is a pretty nice guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw Tapas. He waved and none of the other goblins really acknowledged him. Yeah, he's friendly. Yeah. Maybe having someone like him in charge would help improve relations with the outside world. Does he have it in him to lead? You're not going Manzoblin. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Is that the naming convention? No. Manzoblin. <laughs> Self needs Manny to help him cast the ritual. Um, I'm not giving up on that boy. Mm-hmm. Or on Gumball, who we are taking with us. We need a pet. <laughs> Every loop, we've got to find another long-snooted friend. <laughs> All right, Patty, I want your help imbuing Tapas with a sense of privilege and responsibility as the leader of the clan. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. I can give him a stirring talk about how the people are depending on him. Excellent. We'll talk him through it. Can she use her rumor powers to make the other goblins friendly to Tapas taking over or something like that? For sure. Oh, Patty is just basically working like the CIA in a foreign country. Oh, no. Shit, Shit, Caitlin. (laughs) Yeah. Shit. First, we destabilize the existing government. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, do you you have a different suggestion? (laughs) Caitlin stayed out. I love it. I love it. That's exactly what Patty would do. Holy shit. Patty will just, to the best of her ability, influence the goblins to elect Tapas as their new king. Oh, my God. This is what I'm talking about. Good actions, evil actions, good intentions, (laughs) evil consequences. Caitlin, make a uh, just a flat charisma check. Beautiful. I'm so excited. So 14 plus 7. Uh, 21. So, great. Okay. All right, Tapas, I have to go on a journey to learn more about cooking, learn more about eating magic, and truly unlock the secrets of eating magic. I'm going to give you this hat, and I'm going to give you this, which all of the goblins lost their mind for. That's right. It's my magical ice cream maker. (gasps) Damn it. I wanted magical ice cream. Use this to cement your leadership over the other goblins. (laughs) I cannot replace Zoblin, but 
I will do my best. When I'm done with my journey, I'll return with more secrets, more culinary knowledge. <laughs> Can we get a taste of the impassioned speech that Patty makes to Tapas? <laughs> now, Tapas, this is an important responsibility, but I know that you know that already. Just <laughs> always remember that you are here to serve your fellow goblins, to uplift them, to bring them to their highest potential, never to be selfish, never to be only looking out for themselves, but for the good of the community. Can you do it, Tapas? If Patty Hurst <laughs> believes in me, Tapas can do it. Tapas can do it! <laughs> yeah! Patty believes it. She believes herself. Oh, I believe her. I think Tapas can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Before they leave the gourmet village completely, Zelf wants to have kind of a public transfer of power so that he can tell the whole tribe what to expect. And he reminds them that as Pharaoh, he gave the tribe Taco Today <laughs> and he empowered Tapas <laughs> with the knowledge and power of Taco Today. To carry on in his stead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very powerful. Oh. It is indeed powerful. <laughs> Even though Tapas is kind of a, a, a quiet, kinder <laughs> goblet amongst the gourmet, seeing him wearing, you know, Credit's outfit has also kind of engendered a lot of power in, in his stance. And, you know, Patty has been working mm. her rumors over the course of the last day or so. And so the reception is pretty good to, to Tapas. They all know him. They all like him. They have your blessing. They clap on his back. They're like throwing shredded cheese from like the Taco Tuesdays. They're shredded yeah. goblin disenchanter cheese uh, in the air like confetti. Uh, it's a beautiful celebration. <laughs> the cleanup. I had to cross my T's on that. <laughs> Perfect. So you guys are leaving the goblin village to go back to Fainalin. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's the plan. Idea. I think it makes sense to center up at Astra's apartment and make that the temporary HQ. Yeah. Thank God one of us has a home base. Yeah. I don't know. Should we drop Small off first? No, I assume once we get into the boundaries of family. He can find his own way. All right, yeah. Shoo, shoo now. Shoo, shoo. Yeah, go on. Get up. Go on, boy. Better not see you until Thanksgiving. <laughs> Small, get a knife. Yeah, you're just, you're so small and you're so unprotected. Please arm yourself. <laughs> yeah, you are continuing to try to talk to Small and give him some advice, but he is not really spoken to you at all since you arrived to, to quote unquote rescue him. <laughs> uh, he has stuck very close to Manny uh, since you guys have allowed them to communicate. You know, they're mm -hmm. constantly whispering between each other and kind of looking over at you, Astra. You feel a bit judged by it. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's fine. Manny doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Set ourselves up here. So it's five-day morning when you guys leave the Goblin Village. It takes about two hours to get back to Fainalin proper and make your way to Milk Lake which is where the <laughs> traveling circus has parked for the week. You find that it's still in full swing. It's a, a little bit more of a younger crowd during the day than last time that you were here, Astra, in the evening. You know right where Giha's tent is and can head there if you have nothing else that you wanted to do with the circus. Does anyone want cotton candy? Oh, yeah. me. Oh. 
I despise cotton candy, but Manny loves it. We should get him some. Ah, okay, we'll get a bag to go. I'm going to get some funnel cake, but then let's go see Geha. Yeah. There's somebody there getting their fortune read, but as soon as they leave, Geha kind of stands, closes the, the tent door so that you guys can come in and talk to her privately. The tent flap, I guess I should say. Hi. Hey, Geha. Do you remember me? Did Tetra get back okay? Yes, uh, Tetra did get back safely. Okay, I want to thank you guys for bringing me back my staff and, and the implements. You didn't have to do that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just felt right that it would be with you. This is Giha. Everybody, do have, I don't think any of you've met her. Hello. Yeah, I've met Giha. What's up, Giha? You, Johnny, you just know everyone. <laughs> and, and this is Elf and this is Patty. Oh, it's great that Astro was able to find you. And this is Zelf, you said? Yeah, Zelf. Charmed. I, I vaguely remember you being mentioned in the journal. It's great that you were also brought in. I know that you guys are probably wondering where Tetra is, but unfortunately, with Ministry of Fleeting Zodiac aware of what <gasps> Tetra is able to do, I gave them the implement of Vedana, which Ogavia okay. was using, you guys know, to kind of uh, make herself impossible to hit mm. and sent them to hide for the time being until it's safe. Okay, that's a good call. I was really worried about Tetra, so okay, good, good. I'm glad I'm glad they're hiding. You practiced astronomy, is that right? Yes, uh, astronomy, astrology, both. The sister sciences. <laughs> <laughs> the clan that I was raised in believes that there's a lot of divine power in the planets. Four of us are looking for clues about the big picture. And the picture is pretty big. In fact, I'd say it's galactic. Can you tell us about the planets and what you know about the time loop? I'm afraid I probably don't know that much more than you. Uh-oh. If the two are related, you know, I I was hoping that perhaps when, if I brought back the three of you in Bavel's squad last loop, then you guys would know more than I did from getting your memories back. I'm sorry, which three? Well, Astro Johnny and Patty, of course. <laughs> and Zelf? Yeah, Zelf. No, well, no, just the... Just the three of you. Well, so the book was weird, right? When we got it back, the journal, there was some issues with it. Well, I mean, clearly not that bad because we got Zelf back, so like, there's no actual problem. But yeah, it, it had been tampered with a little bit between the last time we had all gotten together, right? So I think during that time period, maybe somebody tampered with the journal because like there was like five loops. Oh my gosh. Not not very effectively is what I'll say because we got Zelf back, but it did, it did seem like they were trying to damage Zelf's part in the journal and in, in, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our experience. Oh, hold on a moment. How much of what I wrote down has been removed? Oh, I don't know. Let me see that. I don't know what you wrote down, bud. Yeah, here, take it. Here's the journal. (laughs) Do you think maybe whoever did this was trying to remove Zelf because he knows something about the time loops that they don't want us to know? I couldn't say, truly. I, you know, couldn't say. <laughs> it does feel important, though. Interesting. Well, it wasn't me or I'd remember, although there's a chance it could have been me working through somebody else who I asked to remove my name. Um, it could have been a ministry. Like Manny. There or... are so many reasons. But what this does tell me is that I was on the right track on something. Maybe. Yes, I think that this this feels important to cracking what's going on with the time loop. <laughs> I don't know. It, I mean, clearly it didn't work. So, like, what's the point in lingering? You know? 
Well, it's a small piece of a larger puzzle. Giha, what does it mean to you that the implement of Hibdal could affect his magic when his magic seems to be gone from Mirasol? If you think of it this way, Hibdal is sort of an avatar for the planet's power. So the clan that I was raised in, they don't subscribe to the concept of Irisol's gods and they tap into that power through the planets. And while there's an entity that's at the forefront of that for some of the religions here, that doesn't exist for someone like me who's just going after the power of the planet itself, cutting out the middleman, as it were. Well, that's interesting, but that seems like more of a theological abstraction. I don't know if that gives us actionable information. What would you think about Patty being the demigod of Hibdal? <laughs> what a way of phrasing that. What would you think about? Just if that was a thing. I mean, if true, it would be a thorn in the ministry side in that they think that they've cut off all connection to Hibdal and yet one remains. I mean, I've tried to smite some things a few times and nothing has happened, so I'm not really sure how much of a demigod I am, but, you know, we're trying to figure it out. Maybe you're not the smiting kind of demigod. Maybe you're like the chill beach vibe demigod. I mean, like, why be a demigod if you can't smite, though? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. If only I had a thread to unravel about the identity of the ministry. Hey, Giha, when we were in... Like, obvious place. It was kind of, like, reminded me of your place, like, back in the day. I kind of, like, figured out that, like, some of these gems, like, kind of have to do with the gods. Like, the implements and stuff. Yes. Why does Olvidel have the black stone at the center? What is that? Good question. Well, there are nine gods in the pantheon of Irisal. There are ten power sources for an astrologian like myself. What? And so while the clan has never claimed that there's an existence of a 10th god, you know, we were still accused of blasphemy by the zealots of various faiths. And long before the fall of Olvidel, all of the writings and records relating to this 10th source were sought out and destroyed. And in today's day and age, it's not even known well enough to be treated as a myth, you know. As regent and the last surviving member of my clan... I had possession of only a single sliver of an implement uh, of this tenth source. And unfortunately, Ogavia was too stupid to steal the most valuable items in the vault. <laughs> and so that was probably lost during the Doom Weapons attack. So you know how like the energy of the planet we live on is often attributed to the goddess Iris, who's gifting us yeah. magic related to creation mm-hmm. and healing and knowledge. That's right. It's neither... Good or evil or lawful or chaotic, it's just simply neutral. It's the beginning of all things. This 10th power source is Iris's natural opposite. It's still neutral, but it's death. It's collapse. It's the inevitable ending of all things. Whoa. Whoa. There's a 10th secret death god, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> Fuck, that's cool. That's intense. Oh. I'm sorry, Giha. Did you say that this power symbolizes inevitable collapse iris is the beginning this 10th source uh, is the end god of entropy (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting i never asked but i was so fascinated by the iconography of the ministry of the fleeting zodiac 
with their ten-pointed star. After all, uh, our planet seems obsessed with the number nine. Our pantheon is nine. So what is nine plus one if they want to end the pantheon? That should be zero, shouldn't it? So why ten points? The the ten-pointed star the ministry wears, that's, you know, it's co-opted from my clan, which had the, the ten points for the ten planets. Mm-hmm. So is the, I'm confused, is the 10th God a myth or is there really a 10th God? Tell me now, definitively. (laughs) (laughs) The 10th planet has never been proven by conventional scientific means either. What we do know is that there's a void at the edge of known space and individuals in my clan's oral history are said to have spoken to it as well as today's clerics speak to the current pantheon. And the few that went on to worship it as a God called the Edos Iris's twin, and they were granted immense power, but the power made them single-minded towards one goal, bringing about Terminus, the end of the solar system. It very often went death cult, as you can imagine. Yeah, that feels like a pretty easy stretch. You know, it's so funny because I've always heard legends of a a secret tenth sense. You know, we have nine senses. <laughs> and, and I've always heard that there's what? a secret ten sense, and now it oh makes... Oh, my God. Yeah, right? It must It must be this Edos's. Astro, what if there's a secret tenth to everything that there's been nine of? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's terrifying to think about. Previously, like, you know, like, because of the nine gods, like, there's believed, like, you know, nine has been, like, a sacred number in Irisol. You think part of destroying Edos's 10th dominion was destroying the 10th of everything that we have that we take for granted there are nine of oh my god well you know (laughs) in a world where astrology is real numerology is also real (laughs) gods is a sacred number Hibdal's sacred number is four it makes sense that you would have the nine sacred numbers and then zero (gasps) (laughs) Oh my god. Honestly, I don't even really understand what zero is. Like if I sit and really think about what zero means, it really kind of wigs me out. Because it's nothingness, just yeah. like the god of entropy, the end of all things. <gasps> oh my god, it's been here the whole time. This is such a bigger conspiracy than the time loop stuff. I'm done with the time loop stuff. We have to double down on this nine ten thing. But what if that's the same thing, Astra? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny definitely does that. Uh, it's like, you know, like it's an ending, right? But like right now, we're stuck in beginnings, right? Or like not ending. We're like stuck at like not ending because like it doesn't want to end. You're so right, John. Johnny, you're so wise sometimes, somehow. What? You just say so many things and sometimes you say something really smart. Astra, I'm freaking out, all right? I'm freaking out, Johnny! <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if it's the revelations or the cotton candy or the combination, but I think I'm going to barf. <laughs> They're all sugar high. Both of you breathe into a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
We talked about a lot of gods this episode. Just as a reminder, each episode description since episode 40 includes a list of NPCs seen or mentioned in the episode, with a little context on who they are, in case that's helpful. We also have an incredible fan-edited wiki at bcbparty.fandom.com where you can read more about everyone mentioned. It's truly a great resource for context on the many characters and events we talk about each episode. And by the way, we have a P.O. Box where you can send us mail! This P.O. Box will only be available till about the end of February, which is coming up soon. So if you want to send us something, please get that in as quickly as possible. You can find the address in the description of this episode, or I'm about to read it out. Send any mail to Jenna Stieber, P.O. Box 2636, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And as I said, that'll only be active until around the end of February, which is coming up quite soon. So if you want to get anything to us before it's no longer available, you probably want to send it pretty soon. And thank you for all the lovely mail we've already received. We really appreciate it. It's nice. Burnt Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Stieber as Astroblep, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. This episode was edited for content by Justin Green and edited for sound by Akshay Balakrishnan. Produced by Jenna Stieber. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.